Scripture. Tonight I want us to go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Read verse 17. This message, now that I'm going to preach now, this is actually one I did a long time ago. Um, I preached at Lighthouse. Uh, it was after we started the church, but I never preached it here. And uh, going through the Bible reading uh, schedule like we have, I had gotten to this passage and I read this story and I was kind of reminded of this message. And I thought, you know, I, I never preached that one here at Liberty. And um, I wanted to do that uh, do that tonight. I like this story. But Matthew or Luke chapter 5, verse 17, and it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as He was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling which is uh, which with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, He answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God. And then notice this verse 26. It says, And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, We have seen strange things today. I want you to notice that part where it says that they were, they were all amazed. They were all amazed. You know, I was this morning when Brother Netterville was preaching. Uh, so much of what he said, I thought, it, I think it kind of really set things up for this message. And one of the things, that, the question I want to ask you tonight is: Are you still amazed? Hey, we all know the song "Amazing Grace." We've sang "Amazing Grace" many times. You know that song, and we sing that song about an amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I hope you still think it was an amazing grace that saved you. I hope you're still amazed by the grace of God that He shows in our life. But you know what? Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can lose that thrill. We'll not be amazed like we once were. And really, the more we learn about the Bible, the more we learn about God, the more we learn about salvation, truth is, the more amazed that we should be by our salvation. It should be. We should be more amazed by God as we go, not less. But you know, the word "amazed" it's used 21 times in the Bible, and 13 of those times it's used, it's talking about people being amazed by Jesus, by the things that He did. I mean, just imagine seeing this miracle: a man sick of the palsy being raised. You know, I, I was thinking yesterday when we were talking to that fellow who was who was all crippled up. I mean, it was, it was obvious that he had a problem. You know, the body was it was it was a very clear crippling problem. You know, and I, and I thought about that. You know, imagine, you know, somebody like that being touched and healed. Yeah. And Jesus healed people like that. People that had been in their bed for years. You know, the man with the withered hand. It was clear that some. You know, his hand was shriveled up. It was all withered, but yet he touched it, and or he just told him to stretch forth his hand, and he was fine. 
Jesus did those things all the time, and you know, to see that happen would have just been so exciting. Yeah. It would have been it would have been it have been absolutely thrilling. And you know, and no wonder many times when Jesus was around, there were multitudes following him. You know, when you're hearing these stories about somebody who's healing sick, raising people from the dead. Well, you're going to want to go see that person. If you if you saw them do one of those things, I would think you'd be following that person around, hoping to see some of those same things. And really, the the definition of of amazed means a a displacement of the mind, bewilderment, ecstasy, amazement, astonishment, trance. And you know, when we talk about being amazing, just some examples about. Something that, or whenever you are amazed by something, something we all have in common, but whenever you see something amazing, or when anybody sees anything amazing, one thing is very, I think, is very common is people want to see it again. People want to see it again. For example, uh, a great, let's say, a great play in a sporting event. Okay, when you're watching a baseball game and you see that guy make the diving catch, what do they always do right after that? Well, they show it again. They show it in regular speed. They show it in slow motion. They show it in several different angles. Why? Well, that was amazing. People want to see it again. You don't want. You're not content with just seeing it one time. You know, people. You know, people. They want to learn more about the person who did something amazing. If you ever watch an athlete, or maybe an Olympian, who maybe they weren't well known before the Olympics, but they went and maybe just one event, they just did something. Amazing. They, you know, those gymnasts, some of the things that they do, you know, and they'll go and maybe after just one night of doing some amazing things, everybody knows their name after that. Why? Because they did something amazing. And people want to see them again. The next time they're doing some kind of performance, the cameras are there. People are paying attention because they did something amazing. People want to learn more about them. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. In verse 54. It says, And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? They saw the amazing things Jesus did and they automatically they got interested in this person. Who is this guy? Where is he from? Well, who's his family? And of course, they realized who he was. They realized who his family was and where he was from. And because of that, in this story, they didn't believe. Uh, this is just the carpenter's son. And they, they didn't believe and that was their mistake. But what they were doing, kind of investigating his life, that's something that people do when somebody does something amazing. Everybody gets really interested in that person. You know, these days, if somebody does something amazing, you know, maybe a sport athlete or whatever, or maybe even an actor or a performer, they do something amazing that gets attention, you know, that, that they'll have a video that goes viral or all of a sudden, They've got 50 million Twitter followers and you know 500 million friends on Facebook and stuff. Why? People want to know more about that person. They saw them do something amazing and they got interested in them. And that's and Jesus when he was on earth, you know, he was constantly amazing people. And you know, hopefully there's been times in your life where he amazed you 
And you know, when you get, when he amazes you, you want to see those things again. You want to learn more about him. You know, another thing that also people do whenever they see somebody do something amazing, they want to find out how they did it. You know, the Pharisees, Jesus just drove them crazy because they're thinking, you know, when's, when's that? Does it, this power come from? How does he, how does he do this? It just drove them crazy. Like maybe a magician. If you ever see a magician just do something amazing. Like you, you want to know how did they do it? You, you know, you try to imitate it. I've seen that before. You know, when I was a kid, you know, playing baseball or whatever we would play, you know, you'd see somebody do some great play. What do all the kids do? They all go imitate that very same thing. You know, you imitate that dive or that that swing or whatever they did. You try to you try to imitate that thing. I don't know how many, how many times I've been, you know, playing ball and you get up there to go bat and you do. You ever seen anybody do that? You know, where did that come from? Anybody know where that came from? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth did that, and he hit that home run right where he pointed to, and people were amazed, and people still imitate it to this day. Why? Because it was amazing. It was an ama- it was an amazing thing. People are going to imitate it. People, uh, you know, others they're going to try to imitate what they saw. Acts chapter eleven and verse twenty six. It says, and when he had found them, he brought them him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves into the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Many people believe the reason that the name Christian it was a name that was given to the followers of Christ. It was something that they were called. Why? Because their works, their teachings, it resembled Jesus Christ. It reminded them of Jesus Christ. It was it was Christish. It was Christ-like, and they called them they called them Christians. And you know what were those people doing? They were just imitating what Jesus did. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be imitating what Jesus did. We're supposed to be teaching what Jesus taught, following His commands. We're just trying to we're trying to be like Christ. And we it makes sense because He's amazing. And you know the truth is, there's many things I believe that we see regularly, or we hopefully you see the, you know we've, you've seen these a lot in your life that ought to always amaze us. And if these things amaze us, we're going to do those things. We're going to want to see them again. We're going to want to learn more about the you know person who did something amazing. All those things we're going to do them. And one of those one of these things that I was thinking about when he was preaching this morning, salvation of a soul. We should never stop being amazed when seeing somebody saved. I tell you, it is so exciting when you see somebody who was maybe a drunk or a drug addict and you see them get saved. You see them turn their life around. That is thrilling. That doesn't get old. I was telling Brother Netterville just about some of the folks that have been saved here since we've started the church. And you know, I told him, I said, I love it. You know, that, I love that kind of thing. You just you don't get sick of that stuff. It's an amazing thing to see a soul saved, to see that life changed. It's a thrilling thing, and I'm telling you, when you see somebody saved, you'll want to do it again. You know, I've known people that the, you know they'll talk about you know back in their Bible college days, back when they were soul winners and when they were winning people to Christ, and they're always talking about the stories from way back then. And, you know, that's great to tell a story from a long time ago, but I'd like to have some new ones. Yeah. 
I mean, boy, you know, you see something like that happen, you want to see it again. You know, I've been on vacation before, and I've got to see some amazing places, but I'm not going to say, you know what, I don't ever want to go on vacation again. I've done it. I've been to Colorado before, and I've got to see the mountains in Colorado, the Rocky Mountains. Man, that was awesome. And you know what? I want to see them again. I got to go to Israel. When I was 20, I got to go to all kinds of cool places before I got married back when I had money. you know. <laughs> but hey, I want to do it again. Someday I plan on doing it again. We've decided when our last child gets married and they're out, all our kids are out of the house, we are going to Israel. Why? It was amazing. I want to see it again. I want to go to those same places again. And let me tell you, the salvation of a soul, seeing somebody get saved, that never gets old. It's an amazing thing. And you'll want to see it again and again. I remember the first person I led to the Lord out knocking doors. It was actually a former co-worker of mine. I remember when I worked at McDonald's, my first job, I worked there for a year and a half. And I remember one of my goals was to see somebody saved that I worked with. I wanted to lead somebody I worked with to the Lord. And you know what? That whole time I never did. I never won one of my co-workers to the Lord. I only got it. I was only able to even get a couple to ever darken the doors of the church. And I remember I was out I hadn't hadn't been that long since I quit. We were out knocking doors and I noticed a fellow riding his bike and I recognized him. And I called out his name. His name was Brandon. I said, Brandon, call for him. And he stopped and saw me and he recognized me. And I, you know, was wondering what we were doing. I told him what we were doing, went through the plan of salvation, and he prayed and asked the Lord to come into his heart. And you know, the truth is, and I remember I was so excited that he was my first one out knocking doors. And two, even though I was always I always felt bad I never won any of my coworkers of the Lord, the truth is, had I not worked with them and known who he was, I wouldn't have yelled for him when he was riding his bike down the street. Even if I would have tried to stop him, he wouldn't have known who I was, wouldn't have probably wouldn't have given me the time of day. And I tell you, that was exciting. And you know what? I didn't hang it up that day and say, Alright, I I got one. I'm good. You know, each one reach one. I got my one. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good to go. No, I wanted to keep doing it. I wanted to keep on doing it. And I'm telling you, those things they don't get old. They don't get old. And it's exciting. You want to see it again. You know, things like the healing of the sick. You know, here's the thing with miracles. He was talking this morning about you know how a doctor will tell somebody something one day, and it's like. People pray about it a couple days later. The doctor can't find that problem before. You know, there's a million things you come up with. Well, it was a misdiagnosis, or it was this, or it was that. The truth is, when it comes to miracles, you can never prove it was a miracle. You just you just have to accept by faith that it is a miracle. And the truth is, I mean, we pray for things all the time. You know, health things that people don't die of, and it's like we forget about it. And the truth is, it is amazing when you see that. When you see when you see God heal people, when you see you know uh, the healing of the sick. I mean, that is thrilling. You know, I mean, we haven't I haven't seen anything too theatrical like somebody you know getting their arms straightened out and things like that. But I've seen things that you know you've you wonder. It's like wow, I think the Lord did that. Man, fly from this one. I think that thing's demon possessed. That's a demon possessed fly right there, trying to disrupt the service. But now I lost my train of thought. See, I'm telling you, Beelzebub, the fly god. You know, <laughs> he's at work tonight. <laughs> but when you see those things, say so you can't explain it. But I'm telling you, 
You want to see it again. You do. You want to see it again. The return of the backslidden. I love seeing that. Somebody get their heart right with God. We all love the story of the prodigal son. And I've seen that. You know, people who got away from God and maybe got their life in a mess and you wondered if they were ever going to get right with God. And they do. They get their hearts right with God. They get back in church. They get back to serving the Lord. Your healing of broken hearts. You know, you see that where people, their hearts are broken and they, they're thinking they're not going to make it and they're thinking they're, they're, you know, they're never going to get through this trial. They can never, you know, they're never going to be able to go forward, but they do. God heals them. God gets them through that difficulty. I mean, that's, it's amazing how God does that. The restoring of relationships, the, you know, the, the mending of marriages and uh, things like that, you know, restoring uh, friendships. God does that. The answering of prayers. You know, hopefully, all of us in here, we could give testimony after testimony about prayers that God's answered. That stuff doesn't get old. I love seeing God answer prayers. And I tell you, you know, it's, I mean, He never ceases to amaze me at the things He does. You know, I was thinking about this morning, you know, we love, we love amazing things. We love seeing miracles. And I was, I might be giving away a message I was thinking about when you were preaching this morning. But you know, the truth is, we all want to see something amazing. We want to see God do something. You know, like the disciples when they saw Jesus calm the storm. And I got to think about it. You know, the truth is, to see some of these things, to see some of these miracles, means you have to be scared first. Okay? I mean, think about it. you got to be in a storm first. If they were... if they hadn't been in a storm, they wouldn't have been able to see Jesus calm the storm. You know, they had they had to get scared first. Those pe- those needs that we see Jesus provide for, okay, they had to have a need first. They had to be hungry first. If those people weren't hungry, if they wouldn't need, if they'd have had food, well, then they wouldn't have got to see the feeding of the five thousand. You know, I think we're just so blessed in this country. We don't need to see miracles that often. And you know, the truth is, whenever we have any little thing come up, we panic and we act like, what's going on? Well, maybe God's wanting to show us something amazing, but we've got to have a need first. I mean, we love the stories of the miracles that Jesus did, but you know what? Maybe for Jesus to do a miracle in your life, you might have to get diagnosed with something first. I mean, really, for us to see these great things, something bad's got to be going on first. And I'm not necessarily asking for anything bad, but let me tell you something. I love when I do see I see God answer those prayers. But you know, those prayers are usually inspired by a big need. They're inspired by a mountain that you're not sure how you're going to overcome. Those moments where you feel closest to God, sometimes you've got to be in a fiery furnace. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But answering your prayers, I think about the way that God uses flawed people. But it's amazing the people that God can use. The people that you would never think God could do anything with that person. And God just has their hand on them and God God gets all the glory. You know, that's God that did that. God is using that person. God is working in that person's life. The Lord never ceases to amaze me with the people that He uses. The accuracy of this Bible. This Bible right here is an amazing book. And let me tell you, if you're amazed by this Bible, you're going to want to you're going to want to look again. You're, you're going to, I've read through the Bible before. Did you think it was an amazing book? Because if you did, you're going to want to read it again. You're going to want to learn more about it. 
You want to hear about this story. You know, when you see an amazing play in a sport game or something, you see somebody do something amazing, you tell people about it. You want you share it with other people. You need to you need to watch this. You can you know you can watch the video on YouTube and see what this person did. It was amazing. Well, we need to be telling people, hey, listen, you got to go read that story in the Bible. Well, did you ever notice? Did you ever notice this passage of scripture? Did you ever notice what God did there? That's what you do when something's amazing. And you know the truth is in this story, there's one of the you know, things that I always kind of keep in mind and you always wonder because we don't know who all the characters are involved. But you know, think about all these people in these stories that were amazed by Jesus. They were amazed. It's only a short time later when He's got a multitude crying crucify Him. And you know, I can't help but think that there probably were some of the same people who were amazed by Him were the ones that were crying out crucify Him. I can't help but think, and I don't know. I don't know for sure, but if I was to guess, I would say some of those same people on Palm Sunday saying Hosanna were probably some of the same people just a few days later saying crucify him. What is it that causes that change in the attitude? And I believe it's the same thing that causes us not to be amazed at Jesus or not seem interested in seeing or in being amazed again. The reason I believe many aren't amazed is because God doesn't always do what we think He should do. Matthew chapter 27, verse 41 says, Likewise also, the chief priests mocking Him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself He cannot save. If He be the King of Israel, let Him now come down from the cross and we will believe Him. He trusted in God. Let Him deliver Him now if we will have Him. For He said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with Him cast the same in His teeth. You know, I once again, you know, I, I might be speculating a little bit here, but I wonder if some of these people saying, if He's really God, He'll come off that cross. I wonder if some of those people saying that we're hoping to see Him come off the cross. Maybe they saw some of those amazing things He did and maybe they were thinking about following Him. Maybe they wanted to be one of His followers. They wanted to believe. They, they, they heard that He was the King of the Jews. They thought He was going to go and get rid of the Romans and He was going to lead Israel into the, you know, the millennial kingdom that they knew a little bit about. Had, you know, just had their timeline a little mixed up. They knew a little bit about it. And they're thinking He's going to start His kingdom and they wanted to follow Him. But all of a sudden, they see Him taken prisoner. Wait a minute. He's been taken prisoner. He's he's nailed to a cross. That wasn't what they were expecting from their king. He's about to die. He's I mean beaten bloody hanging on that cross. That was the one I was going to follow. That was not what they were expecting and it was not what they wanted. And I wonder how many of those people maybe when they said it a part of them was hoping he was going to come down, but he didn't. And some of those same people Finally, they you know they quit believing too. Then they began to spit on him. Why do we follow you? They were hurt. They were mad. This isn't what we expected. The disciples, the same thing. Jesus told them he was going to die, but they remember Peter. He rebuked them. No, that's not going to happen. And the disciples, they were they were he, they were all offended that night. Jesus said, "You're all going to be offended this night." That wasn't what they expected him to do. And many many people, they walked away. They quit believing. Why? Because Jesus didn't do what they thought He should do. 
And the truth is, there's many people today who doubt and they're not amazed by God. And it's because He's not doing what they think He should do. You know, I'm sorry, but God is an amazing God whether He lets you win the lottery or not. God is an amazing God. You know, whether He gives you that, that fancy car, whether He gives you all those things you've been asking for, He's still an amazing God. God's an amazing God. Even if you don't get to have perfect health. And even though everything doesn't go your way, He's still an amazing God. And many times people, they quit believing because He's not doing what they want Him to do. This isn't what I expected. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I thought was going to happen. And so... They give up. I thought when I got saved, that meant everything was going to be great. I wasn't going to have any more problems anymore. I'm sorry, that you're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible. Right. But people think that, they expect that, and they'll they'll be there's people sitting in church and they're bitter, they're discouraged against God. It's because he's not doing what they think he should be doing. And that I believe that's what happened happened with the disciples, that happened with these people in the New Testament. The same people that were amazed were there crying out, crucify Him. You know, another reason many aren't amazed is because when God does do something, they're not there to see it. John chapter 20, verse 24 and 25 says, "...but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but He said unto them, Except I shall see in His hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into His side." I will not believe. Does anybody besides me just hate it when maybe you were supposed to be somewhere and you weren't and then everybody's telling you about what you missed? You know, don't you hate that? Oh man, you missed it. You should have seen it. You know, you should you should have been there. I remember one day I was at work when I worked at Menards. I was I was working there, I worked in the guard check, and I remember I went into the bathroom. I wasn't there very long, and I came out, and when I came out, the guy's like, oh man, you should have seen it. Two of the truck drivers just got in a fight. <laughs> they were telling me all about it, and I guess one of them was on a flatbed truck, and one of them like took a bag of something, like, of something and threw it at him and knocked him off the truck. And, and, and the guy that got knocked off the truck, too, wasn't a big fan of this guy. He was one of their delivery guys, one of the nastiest guys you've ever met in your life. Creeped me out, and I was like, I missed it. That's a terrible <laughs> attitude. <laughs> but I, I was like, Man, you know, I, I missed it. You, you know, you hate missing something. And you know, the more amazing it is, you know what people tend to do? They they downplay it. It's like you don't want to admit that you missed something that great. And they do. They downplay it. I've been there. You know, I've been. There, maybe you've been there before where you're telling somebody about something. You're so excited. This was great. And they're like, ah, it's not that big a deal. You know why they're saying that? Because they're jealous that they weren't there. And Thomas. He missed it that day when Jesus showed up in the middle of the room when the doors were closed. That's amazing. That's an amazing thing. They, you know, seeing Jesus after he resurrected, seeing the hands still, or the prints of the nails still in his hands and in his side. That's amazing. And Thomas missed it. He wasn't in his place. He wasn't there. But notice he was there the next time. He was there the next time, and then then he believed. But notice. He didn't get commended by Jesus because of that. And today, he's still known as Doubting Thomas. And that that is his legacy because of that one time, but he wasn't there to see it. And you know, it's like, why wasn't he there? I mean, think about it. Why wasn't he there that day? Well, I mean, there could be many reasons, but really the truth is, 
One thing that we do know, he obviously wasn't expecting anything. You know, that's why a lot of people don't show up for church. They're not expecting anything. If they really thought the Holy Spirit was going to move, if they really thought the Holy Spirit was going to do something great, they'd be there. I remember a camp meeting we went we used to go to years ago at my great uncle's church and Lord did he do some amazing things there sometime. And I remember one night, you know, we, we were there all the time. I remember camp meetings and stuff. And I remember there was one night we weren't there for some reason, and I remember we went back the next day and everybody's talking about the night before. Oh man, you should, I mean they're just all talking about the Lord moved and just how great of a service. I mean, it was just one of the greatest services ever and we're just all I remember just like Man, <laughs> you know, it, it was disappointing. And you know, and I was just, I was just a kid at the time, but I had heard about some of these camp meetings when they would really get exciting and people start running, and apparently that had been going on. And I always wanted to see people running in a camp meeting, and I didn't get to see it. And I was I was mad. I was mad. Thankfully, I've got to see that a few times. It's it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun, you know. And uh, you know, my wife she got to see it get going at a camp meeting one time. And, she wasn't. She didn't like it. <laughs> I think it's, it scared her a little bit, and that that was kind of weird what happened that day. <laughs> Not all of what goes on in those things is always of, of the Holy Spirit, uh, but uh, but anyway, you know, we missed it, and it was it was disappointing. And but the truth is, I think if we would have known, I don't remember why we weren't there. I don't remember what it was, but I think if we had known that was going to happen, we'd have been there. Yeah. And you know the truth is, every time we come to church, we ought to be expecting God to do something. Yes, we ought to. I mean, we need to be expecting something from God. We need to expect the Holy Spirit to show up. We need to be inviting Him. And the truth is, many people there just not expecting Him to do anything. Thomas wasn't expecting Him to do anything, and he missed it. Matthew twenty one twenty two. In all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. We just we don't ask. Because we're not expecting to get it. We're not expecting God to do anything. And we need to, we need to expect it. We need to, we need to come to church. You need, when you witness to somebody, you need to just expect that God's going to do something. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to their heart. That they're going to get saved. I mean, sometimes it's easy to have that. You know, ah, they're not going to listen. Ah, they're going to slam the door in my face. You know, sometimes too, we just, we give up too quick. Because we're just not expecting anything. Go, Expecting God, come to church expecting God to do something. Read your Bible expecting that God's going to show you something great in His Word, that God's going to show you something amazing. Go expecting that. But another reason, too, people aren't amazed many times is we don't remind ourselves about the amazing things that God's done. It is easy to forget if we're not careful. I mean, you think about what the children of Israel saw. When they left Egypt, how do you forget that? How do you forget the Red Sea parting? You know, I think most people, if they could pick a biblical event that they could go back in time and watch, I, I gotta say that Red Sea one. I think most people, it's gonna be on their top five. It's probably gonna be on a lot of people's top. I mean, I would love to be able to, to be able to go back and see that. And they were there and they saw it. And within, I mean, just a short time. They're whining and complaining and ready to stone Moses. That I mean, when we it blows our mind when we read those stories. But the truth is, we've seen God save souls. We've seen God do all these other things, these amazing things we've talked about. You know, we've seen the blessings that God's done here at this church, the things that He's done, and yet 
any little problem comes up, we start despairing, we start panicking. And the truth is we need to remind ourselves of what God's done and that's why we need to read. We need to read the Bible. We need to read about the things that God's done. I love reading the book of Acts. And just the way the Holy Spirit moved and all those people that were saved and the lives that were changed. I want to remind myself of that. Because I believe God can still do that. I believe He still wants to do those things. And sometimes you do. You just got to read. You know, It's okay to read other books. I like reading books written by other people. And maybe reading about some of the revivals from the past and reading about some of the amazing things that God has done. Read about those things just to remind yourself of what God's able to do. And you know what else you ought to do? Try and relive it. Try and relive it. Now I know we can't... You know, I've been at certain... There's been a couple services I remember being at some amazing services where God did great things. And I remember the next year at those same places... It was almost like they tried to make it happen again. And you know what? I don't blame them for wanting to see that again. But you know, it was like they really, they tried to you know, do everything they did the year before to make it happen again and it just didn't happen. And but you know, the truth is it is it, it, to a certain extent it is okay to try and relive some things. For example, you know, leading somebody to the Lord, you go do it again. Hey, you know, man, that that was that was awesome. That was exciting. Man, I'm going to go do it again. I'm going to go tell somebody else about Jesus because you want to relive that experience. You know, learning things about God, reading the Bible. You know, when the Lord just shows you something that just you know opens your eyes to something in the Bible, that is exciting. Try to relive that. Go back and read again. It might not happen. It's not going to happen every day. But just keep doing it. Why? I want to, I want to, I want that to happen again. I want to relive that experience. I want to see God move again. I want I want the Lord to show me something. Try and relive those experiences. You've probably done that before. Maybe maybe a vacation or something you went on before. You went and did it again. You went to all the same places. You did all the same things. Why? There were some great memories. You know, my kids every year when they go to camp, they're always talking about these little. Sometimes to me, I'm thinking stupid, not that exciting things that they want to do again because. They had. They remember all the fun they had the year before doing it. It's like we got to do that exact same thing. I mean, they want to do all the exact same stuff. Why? Because it was a great experience, and seeing God do amazing things is something that we ought to want to try to relive. But in conclusion, if you can't tell others about something amazing that you've seen or experienced. The only reason I can really think of for that is you probably haven't been too close to the Savior. You know, those disciples, they saw a lot of amazing things. You know, the Mount of Transfiguration. I love that story. I've, you know, I've thought a lot about what exactly was going on there. And, you know, that would probably been a really neat thing to see. They saw Moses, they saw Elijah. I mean, you pretty much had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all there at the same time. Boy, what what an amazing thing that was. Peter, James, and John, you know, those three guys got to see the most. John especially. John, the beloved disciple, the one who laid on Jesus' breast. John, he was the only one at the cross. He was there. He saw the crucifixion. And you know what? It was John that saw the book of Revelation. 
that saw all those amazing things, that saw Jesus in a glorified state with the feet like brass and the eyes like fire and the hair like wool. John saw all that. John saw Jesus flying back on a white horse. Why did John get to see more than everybody else? Maybe it was because he just seen, he was the closest to Jesus Christ. He was the beloved disciple. If you're close to Christ, you're going to see something. Yeah. You're going to see amazing things happen. And I believe, I believe if you want, if you're not seeing anything amazing, you're just you're not close enough to the Savior. Boy, you start getting close to Him though. You get into His Word. That's going to get you closer to Him. You're going to see amazing things. You start praying like you should. That's going to get you closer to Him. You're going to see amazing things. You not just pray, read about Him, but do what His Word says to do. You walk with the Lord. You're going to see amazing things. You just can't help it. When you're close to the Savior, you're going to see yeah. something amazing. That's true. And I'm, to, I'm here today to tell you that it just doesn't get old. It does not get old. And I, I'm telling you, and I, I challenge you to get as close as you can to the Savior. Remember those things that you've seen Him do. And maybe it's, I haven't seen anything amazing in a long time. Well, maybe it's because you've been drifting away. From the Savior, maybe you need to start. Maybe you need to start coming back. Get closer to Him. If you're not, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not following His commandments, if you're not praying, you're probably not going to see much. You know, everybody who, you know, those great services that where God really moves and does great things. You know, people that aren't there, they don't get the blessing. You've got to be there. You've got to be where you're supposed to be. You've got to be. Close to the Savior. My question is: Are you still amazed? Are you still amazed by that amazing grace? Or has it been so long since you've been saved? Has it been so long since you've seen someone saved? And been so long since you've been to Christ? You forgot. You're focused on all the problems and things going on, like the children of Israel are, and you're in despair instead of in amazement. And I want to stay in that amazed state. I want to. I want to stay in that displacement of mind, that bewilderment, that ecstasy, that astonishment. I want to stay that, and if I stay close to Christ, it's going to happen. And I hope you'll do that. So let's all stand together, Stephen.